You are listening to the award-winning The Young Jerks with Mike Crawford. We're live. Mike Crawford hitting buttons to start the show. I'm ready to go. Welcome to The Young Jerks. I was trying to cough at the same time I hit a button. <laughs> but that was perfect. I'm ready to go tonight. We got uh, some great guests. Uh, we had a great award show. The Cannabis Workers Awards. Uh, very re- relieved that's off our plate right now because <laughs> we did spend a lot of time on that. But that went very well. I want to thank our sponsors, all the supporters, the guests that showed up. Stem Haverhill, River Run Gardens, UFCW 1445 and 1459. And especially Mohawk Glass for making some of the awards for us uh, at no cost. All the sponsors helped make it a great event. And especially uh, we didn't lose our shirt which I thought we might, we actually made a little money, uh, which we've actually been donating uh, to workers, just like we said we would. Uh, $100 of it went uh, directly uh, to a worker who's been on the show that got uh, fired after being on the show for what we all thought was union-protected speech through the union. uh, That was at New England Treatment Access, but uh, John Bambino, uh, he won an award. We also gave him $100 uh, which we were very happy to do. We also gave some other employees from Trulief. Uh, John Bambino was a New England Treatment Access employee fired after coming on the show a couple of years back. And we also gave some money to a Trulief worker in Florida, a mom who uh, is going to keep her name anonymous, but we gave her some money. Uh, I think it was $75. She was uh, needed some money. Uh, she had been laid off recently. And also uh, another current true leaf worker that was having trouble getting to work. We sent them $20 and we made some other contributions too. So very happy uh, that that event went so well. We gave out a great number of awards. And uh, I, I think really what our goal on that was too was achieved was to bring a great group of people together in the same room and see what happens with the networking and the connections and the relationships. And we're all already seeing it pay off. Uh, there's a lot going on organizing uh, on the worker cannabis issue that we've been focusing so much of this show on. And tonight we have two great guests, which is an example, uh, two great guests that are first time guests on the show. We're really happy to have them. Uh, We're going to bring them up. They're from uh, the Massachusetts Council for Occupational. Did I say that right? Let me say, yes, I did. Massachusetts Coalition for Occupational Safety and Health. Uh, which is the local chapter of a larger uh, organization, a nonprofit that we've been working, you know, the cannabis community, some of the workers, Danny Carson, we've been working with them and we're really happy about what's happening. And tonight we're going to talk about what's happening at Truly, specifically uh, related to uh, Lorna McMurray and the investigation that has to happen at Truly and what it means, who's going to run it, all that good information We're going to go over it and how uh, cannabis workers might be able to bring the same organization in to help them and a lot more, hopefully. Uh, So let I'm going to bring them up. So because I I probably misspoke like five things right there. Who knows? We'll find out. But they won't because they're experts on this and they know exactly what's going on. So I'm really happy to bring them up. Nancy Lesson and Elise Pector. Let's bring them up right now. They can introduce themselves. Hello. Hi, um, I'll go first. Um, my name's Elise Pector, and you didn't get anything wrong, Mike. It was right on target. Um, I think what you said about the networking and connections and then the kind of concrete and even financial help to workers is it's really inspirational. And it's one of the reasons I'm glad to be here today. Um, MassCash is an organization that brings together people who want to work on workplace health and safety. So I'm a volunteer. I work on the health technical committee and that's after more than 35 years of working in workplace health and safety. And I retired, I'm an industrial hygienist, but I've also worked in other places like steel mills and meatpacking plants and as a high school teacher. And I think the chance to kind of get together and talk about how to look at these workplace health and safety things together is great. So thank you. Thank you for being here, Elise. And I'm Nancy Lesson. 
Um, I was at that award show. It was fantastic. Um, and I'm also thinking it's a good thing that this becomes a podcast in case everyone's at Taylor Swift or the Celtics game. Um, <laughs> or Janet Jackson, too. And Janet Jackson. There's so much going on tonight. <laughs> um, but it's an honor um, to be on the Young Jerks show. Um, thank you, Mike, for all your groundbreaking work. Um, I, too, serve on the MassCosh Health Technical Committee and as an advisor to the National Council for Occupational Safety and Health, which is a nationwide group of the COSH groups in various locations. Um, I worked for 40 years on health and safety with workers and unions, 20 years I was on staff of MassCosh, then I worked for the Massachusetts AFL-CIO, and then the Steelworkers Union. I'm retired now, but still trying to make good trouble. Um, and I just want to say I've seen over my years the biggest problem with workplace health and safety isn't a technical one or a medical one or a legal one, although there are problems in those arenas. It's a power problem and a power imbalance. So my focus has really been on helping workers uh, to build the power they need to get the health, safety and justice they deserve. And that's really what MassCosh uh, is all about. Awesome. And we're, uh, we've got a PowerPoint, too, that we're going to try to bring up here as well. Um, there we go. I know, um, you know, for people who, who want to know, you have a website, too, Massachusetts Coalition for Occupational Safety and Health, uh, MassCosh. What is that website? Do you happen to know? It's MassCosh.org. MassCosh.org. And I've checked that out. Uh, you put out uh, a great piece you know, that has Lorna McMurray as part of it, uh, dying to work. Um, I, I would love to talk about that just to kind of kick it off. Cause I think uh, a lot of the folks that were at the event got that a copy of that. Um, it's kind of made national headlines and local headlines. I, I know it was like reported in a lot of newspapers. So tell us about that report that you did. And I know that you do this like annually, right? So I'll just say MassCosh has been doing this for, you know, I wish I could remember something like 30 years. Every day, every year on Worker Memorial Day, which is April 28th, and it's it's really commemorated worldwide. We do an event uh, in Massachusetts, usually at the State House, to um, remember all of the workers who have been died, been injured, been made ill by work, and rededicate a movement to making safe workplaces so that these tragedies don't happen. And maybe Elise can tell about this year's uh, booklet that we have. Well, we try to focus on a few stories. And certainly one of the stories we focused on this year is Lorna McMurray's story. But the idea is that the event also gives family members a chance to speak to their loss an empty chair kind of marks the absence of that worker from the family, from the community, from the workplace. And um, this allows us to also kind of summarize what's gone on this year. Are things getting worse? Um, which industries, which occupations are the most hazardous? What happens with immigrant workers? You know, what happens in new industries like cannabis? And it's a really an important time to reflect, but also rededicate to fighting against the conditions that are so dangerous that people don't make it home from work at the end of the day. So I, we basically have a, uh, a NIOSH health hazard evaluation that's coming to truly. That's the, the news that we've been breaking. It was through Baskosh uh, that we found out, Nancy, uh, specifically, I, I think you told me about that first. That's the first time I heard heard about it. Uh, NIOSH is a national organization that is basically like the federal government. Is that right? What is NIOSH? Tell us about what what this health hazard evaluation is that's coming to TrueLeaf, and what is NIOSH, and what does this mean? So I can I can start. I was gonna if you do the next slide, I'll just quickly give a little bit of background on on MassCosh. Um, so that people understand that MassCosh is not a government agency. We're a nonprofit coalition of workers, unions, community groups, health and legal professionals um, working to get rid of dangerous conditions on the job, helping workers and unions 
uh, and advocating for, for workplace justice in, in Massachusetts. Um, and Mascash really believes it's about collective power that workers are going to be able to improve the conditions. And the bottom line is those who are directly impacted by safe con unsafe conditions have to take the leadership and we wanna be there to help them um, to make the changes. And what Mascash does uh, is uh, advocacy training, technical assistance, coalition building, and uh, Mascash has been doing that for 47 years. Um, but now let's do the next slide and we'll, we'll get to the background, you know, what happened at TrueLeave. And as most of everyone listening to this, I'm sure knows by now, on January 4th, uh, 2022, Lorna McMurray, age 27, suffered a severe asthma attack um, at TrueLeave while uh, filling pre-rolls and she died three days later. Um, the Occupational Safety and Health Administration, that's the federal government agency, OSHA, investigated. It found TrueLeave had not provided workers with training and information about some of the hazards. Um, among other things, OSHA recommended that TrueLeave contact the National Institute for Occupational Safety and Health, that's NIOSH, to provide something called a health hazard evaluation at uh, TrueLeave's Holyoke facility. Um, and we'll be talking about that in a minute. Um, and I just wanna mention that this tragedy remained largely hidden from the community until Mike, you, your show and the Young Jerks show helped bring it to light. And you've been relentless um, in trying to get uh, true justice for Lorna and also truly safe and healthy working conditions for all cannabis workers so that there are no more tragedies uh, in this industry. So thank you again, Mike. And um, I'll turn it over to Elise to answer the rest of your questions. Thank you. Well, if we can go to that next slide. Thanks, Mike. So as Nancy mentioned, there's one federal agency called OSHA, and people have heard of that because that's the one that does enforcement. You know, they inspect workplaces and they have a set of citations and rules and they can issue fines. And that's considered like the police end of what goes on for workplace health and safety. NIOSH is a different federal agency. It's really designed to investigate workplace health and safety, learn more about it, to inform what kind of regulations are needed, to learn more about what underlies some of the illnesses and injuries, you know, what goes wrong in the workplace. So the National Institute for Occupational Safety and Health, NIOSH, conducts investigations in workplaces called health hazard evaluations. Health hazard evaluations, we sometimes abbreviate HHE. And it's a way for investigators to actually go into the workplace in response to a request and investigate what might be causing the illnesses, injuries, or even deaths in this case um, that have occurred. So how does someone get one of these investigations? They can be initiated in a few ways. An employer can, invest, can invite NIOSH in, a group of three workers, or a union. And then NIOSH decides, is this a problem they can investigate? If they accept the request and they call it a high priority, then they'll send in researchers to learn more about the workplace. Okay. Can I see the next slide, please, Mike? Thanks. So then during a NIOSH health hazard evaluation, HHE, these different investigators might come into the workplace and do a variety of things to learn. They can observe workers as they work, find out what the processes are, hold meetings, talk individually, privately with workers. In some cases, they'll conduct medical tests. They'll look at all the company records for what's happened before. They can measure the air, measure exposures if they know what's going on. And they might even do a survey to find out what are the things that are bothering workers the most in this workplace. If those measurements are taken, if they take medical tests, then the workers themselves get the results if they're on individual workers. The company will get results, but with the names deleted 
just the summary information. Then, because it's not citations, it's not fines, they'll write a report that describes what they did, what they found, and what they think the company should do to make things better. Now, sometimes that report takes a long time. It can take six months to a year and even more. But then we have this new information. So this is what's happening at TrueLeaf. Here it is, more than a year since the death, since Lorna's death. But part of OSHA's investigation told the company you should have NIOSH come in and do a health hazard evaluation. And TrueLeaf did request that HHE. So the first step might be like the advanced team. One or two researchers might come in and walk through and decide what kind of experts do we need to bring to understand what's going on in this workplace? You know, which parts of the workplace, you know, what kinds of samples might they have to take? How can they prepare and learn more about what they need to know before they walk in? They might even talk to some workers while they do this initial walkthrough to figure out more. And this is kind of where we start to get into, my gosh, what can the workers do to start getting ready? Um, so this is where it's important. You know, I used to be an industrial hygienist. I might walk into a workplace. It's my first time being there. A door is closed. I don't even know whether there's some processes going on there. I don't know what the most dangerous part of the workplace is. I don't know what's been bothering the workers the most. So the most important thing to get ready for this health hazard evaluation is for the workers to talk to each other. Well, what's bothering you? Well, which part of this workplace is, makes you feel the worst? You know, when do your eyes bother you when you're working on certain things? Has your breathing been affected by any of the conditions in the place? So then, in terms of preparing, then once NIOSH is there, especially in these private conversations, workers can really disclose. They can talk about what's bothering them. And this is important. Without that information, an industrial hygienist, an investigator, a physician might not be able to see what's going on, whether the conditions they're looking at are usual or if they've been made a little bit better, you know to prepare for the investigation. So, that, that's like the, like probably like the most important message tonight. Like I think like to workers is yeah. like, we're going to, you know, even go beyond true leaf and talk about the rest of the dispensaries as well in, in Massachusetts, even beyond. Cause you know, we get messages now from all over the country, Florida, Pennsylvania, Virginia, California, everywhere. Um, we've already had a comment that I'm going to put up in a little bit from someone who's out of state going to be sending me some OSHA documents, but uh, it, it just basically like the most important thing on all of this that I've found and just my own experience too. I want to weigh in on this is that speaking up, especially when NIOSH comes in true leaf employees, you got to speak to them. It's confidential. You're not going to get in trouble. You, you need to tell them what's going on. Um, and that gets results. You know, I remember we talked about this the other night is that um, when I worked at a job that wasn't treating the employees very well, we weren't being paid well, the feds came in. It was the Department of Labor, which is, you know, under the umbrella. NIOSH is under the umbrella of the Department of Labor. It's almost the same thing, but not quite. But they came in, they're investigators, and people were reluctant to talk to them. I immediately went and talked to them. And I got some of the other employees to talk to them and we all got big checks after that, like immediately. And nobody got fired and no one got thrown under the bus. And you know, it's, this needs to happen. Employees need to, if you're working at a dispensary and NIOSH comes in, you need to raise your hand and go talk to them privately. Right. At least totally agree. And because it's even more important than more than one person speak to them. We don't want the folks who are describing the problems to be the only ones. You know, there's strength in numbers. And especially if investigators hear from a number of workers, ah, oh, man, you should have been here yesterday. That's when they were running this machine. Or, you know, it's worse at the end of the month when they're trying to make certain quotas. Or, 
you know, these are the problems that bother me. These are my health problems. And more power to you that you were the one who spoke up because it's a model. So, so I wanted to, this is kind of a technical um, thought. When there are problems in the workplace, there's better and worse ways to deal with them. Sometimes when we think about dust in the workplace, the first thing people think about doing is having to wear a mask, you know, and that ends up putting the responsibility on the individual who's working. One more thing they have to do. And we all know masks are uncomfortable. They're not perfect. They don't always fit right. They're not always the right mask for the hazard that's in the workplace. So you'll see um, we have a drawing of an upside down triangle. I'm, I just want to stop you right there. I'm so glad you brought that up. The masking situation. Um, I, I've recently discovered some new information about Lorna and Trulief and the masking situation. Uh, I'm not going to drop it all right now, but this this is going to be like, this is like big. Like on why Lorna had issues, the masks and and putting it on the employee and then even letting the employee, uh, you know, I, I don't want to talk too much about it because I, I don't want to lay out all the information yet until the person's ready to lay it out. But um, this is important. The, the, I'm glad you brought that up, that it should not be on the employee to protect themselves. I totally agree. And while it may have some role as a temporary fix, it's got to be the right mask. It's got to be put on the right way. The right kind of respirators are actually fit tested. There's got to be a program to make sure they're maintained. It just ends up making the job harder. So when we really think about controlling hazards, what we really want to do is control the hazard at the source. So that might mean ventilation, which we sometimes call an engineering control. But now we're in a bind also. Sometimes in some neighborhoods, they don't want the odor of the cannabis processing to go out into the neighborhood. So instead, they keep it in the building. So instead of exhausting some of the dust and the hazards, they're actually kept inside. So the real solutions are going to require engineering controls, maybe tall stacks that get it really out and away from the neighborhood. And other kinds of ways to isolate the hazard from the people. And as you said, not put the responsibility on Lorna or any other person. And I understand even the masks that they were providing were like surgical masks, which allow dust to get in and around. So um, why don't I stop there and turn it back to Nancy and let her go on with some of the other things that we've been thinking about. Right, uh, next slide, but I'm going to just make a quick correction. Mike, you're absolutely right that it was the Occupational Safety and Health Act of 1970 that created both OSHA and NIOSH, but it put OSHA under the U.S. Department of Labor, and it put NIOSH under Health and Human Services, and uh, a subgroup of that, which is the Centers for Disease Control. So they're in different agencies, but they work together all the time. And NIOSH's role is to um, assist OSHA with coming up with uh, regulations and recommendations and, and all of that stuff. So, all right, but I wanted to get back to what can workers do um, uh, to make these uh, health hazard evaluations most effective. and. Um, a key thing they can do, as, as Elise was talking about, is get together and discuss um, not only problems, but possible solutions. And again, we want to really emphasize workers are the true experts about their own workplaces. Nobody is going to know that workplace better than them. Um, so getting together with coworkers to really think about what are the problems here that we want to talk to NIOSH about? You know, are there a number of workers in a certain area having runny noses or coughs? Um, are, are certain illnesses or injuries happening? Um, have coworkers been told things are going to be fixed and then they're not? Um, and are workers feeling stressed or fearful? Is the employer threatening retaliation? 
these are all health and safety problems um, that NIOSH researchers should hear about. And then workers together can determine what are the priority issues that they really want to see um, get attention first. And again, sharing this with NIOSH will help NIOSH write a report that's going to be most useful. Um, you know, once all of this information is gathered by NIOSH, then they write the report. But if the workers don't have really good input into that, um, NIOSH isn't necessarily going to come up with the best, you know, here are the problems and here are our recommendations. Once NIOSH does that report, though, um, they will lay out the recommendations and then it's going to be uh, a whole nother thing to get those recommendations enacted. And that's another thing that workers can do um, working together and, and with allies. Um, next slide. So uh, I want to say a word about how this happens. You know, in, in a non-union workplace, getting together for workers might be at a you know restaurant or a bar or on you know um, Zoom. Uh, in a unionized workplace, uh, unions often have union health and safety committees. And these committees meet regularly. Uh, they identify problems, you know, make their priorities. They can survey the workers to document concerns and symptoms. They can research possible solutions. They can review management's health and safety programs. They can communicate and educate um, with uh, their members and coworkers and develop and recommend strategies and actions to improve conditions. Um, and I'll add that even in a, a workplace that doesn't have a union yet, workers can do all of these things themselves. Um, again, it you know might be in a bar or a restaurant or on Zoom, but you can pull together a group of workers who wanna kind of be the worker safety and health committee and really do these kinds of things. Um, next slide. And I, I wanna say a word about protection for speaking up. Um, employers often, uh, in some workplaces threaten or try to intimidate workers or discipline them when they speak out. And I think, Mike, you were talking about this kind of situation. Um, but there are some protections out there. OSHA has something called their whistleblower protection. Um, it is supposed to protect uh, workers from employer retaliation. Uh, for workers who report hazards or, or contact OSHA or report injuries and illnesses. It's imperfect. I, I have never met a law that is a silver bullet that does everything, but it still is there. And, um, it, you know, there are ways to make the most use of whistleblower protections. Um, also, under the National Labor Relations Act, that's the, the law that was passed in 1935 that made unions legal, there's protection for uh, workers' rights to engage in what's called concerted activity. Um, that's workers' rights to act together to improve their pay and their working conditions, and that includes health and safety. And that protection is there with or without a union. And concerted activity means it's involving two or more workers working together. Um, so if you have a group of workers and the, the bigger the group, the, the stronger you are, but it's gotta be two or more working together, then you can have protection under the National Labor Relations Act. And then finally, if you're in a unionized workplace, there are very strong protections in collective bargaining agreements or contracts for speaking out and acting to improve uh, working conditions, including health and safety. That's actually where we see the strongest protections. Um, and then uh, to sum up everything that we've been talking about, um, we wanna say government agencies like NIOSH can help, but they are tools with both uses and limitations. Uh, again, NIOSH, the NIOSH Health Hazard Evaluation will in the end produce a report, but the report doesn't compel an employer to do anything. It's then gonna be up to workers and allies to really push to get 
the recommendations. Um, and, and again, you're going to get the best recommendations if workers are talking to NIOSH about what the problems are and, and any ideas they have for solutions. And workers really can learn how to make the most effective use of these tools. Um, again, uh, we've said it a lot, workers are the true experts and they can share everything about how they feel and what they know. And that's going to make the strongest NIOSH health hazard evaluation report with the best recommendations um, and workers acting collectively then can build the power to win those changes. So who are you going to call to help with this? On your list should uh, be, among others, Mascosh. Um, Mascosh can help identify hazards and learn about protective measures using that hierarchy of controls that Elise was talking about. They can help uh, file for workers' compensation if you've been injured or made ill on the job. They can help with uh, knowing your legal rights, including OSHA rights to a safe and healthful workplace, uh, legal rights to be protected from uh, employer retaliation and how to exercise those, filing OSHA complaints if uh, there, you know, if that's something that you want to think about and they can help with the strategy, um, getting NIOSH health hazard evaluations, organizing coworkers to improve health and safety, and learning how unions uh, improve working conditions and, and help protect rights. So you can certainly contact MASCOSH um, by uh, the, the website, um, MASCOSH.org. There's uh, phone numbers, 617-825. 7233 and also a hotline if a worker is having a particular problem in a workplace the hotline is 617-505-8940 and you can also email brenda.g at mascosh.org or al.vega v-e-g-a at mascosh.org yeah, it's Brenda. Brenda. Q. Oh, Brenda. Oh, yes. Of course. Brenda. I don't know what I was at. Yeah, I've at seen that. Or D at your Thank event. You. <laughs> and then again, Brenda.Q at mascosh.org. Oh, my God. That's two corrections tonight on me. I'm, I'm glad you're like, sometimes guests are too polite to correct me. I uh -oh. like to be corrected. Yeah, that's not if I'm not corrected, it drives me crazy later. I'll, I'll figure out I was wrong. And then, yeah, I'm glad you corrected me. Nancy corrected me earlier on uh, NIOSH being under the Department of Human Health and Services and not Department of, uh, what did I say, labor. Yeah. So two corrections tonight. That's not bad so far. But... <laughs> and um, is on social media at MASCOSH, M-A-S-S-C-O-S-H. Excellent. And I had some follow-up questions because we do have a lot of people at other dispensaries. So like, you know, I want to talk about that. I also want to talk about out of state, what they can do. But before we do that, you know, because True Leaf is where we started, I, I just want to kind of wrap up about the True Leaf thing. Uh, when is this happening at True Leaf? NIOSH is coming in. Is this, this happening like May, June, July? Do we know when this is going to start at True Leaf? You got it. It, it's, it will pro the, the This is if they do according to what they generally do. The walkthrough would be end of May, beginning to mid-June. And then they'll have, you know, depending on what they learn, they'll have to assemble a team that will be, you know, maybe industrial hygienist, maybe physician, maybe epidemiologist, you know, which scientists do they need? Then they have to figure out everybody's schedule um, and then get them back. So I would assume um, that it would be this summer. Uh, Elise, do you have any more thoughts on this? No, the sooner the better, I hope. Yes. Good. So again, if any truly Holyoke employees are listening to this right now that you're currently employed there, you, you got to talk to NIOSH when they come in and you got to make sure that if you, you know, are able to talk to your other fellow employees about this, that they also do the same because they need the information. They need to know what's going on. Um, let's talk about out of state because there's a lot of out of state. Like we just got a comment. I'm going to post a comment. Uh, this is from Jason on LinkedIn. He said, great show, Mike. I got to get you that OSHA report. I haven't forgot. So like there's a, he's a former employee, um, but there's also a lot of, you know, current employees that we randomly hear about 
um, from all the time. And when they're having these issues, like it's great in Massachusetts now that we have mass cosh and that we have, you know, this thing going on where workers are working uh, together. But in other states, maybe it's not so robust, especially like Florida specifically. But Virginia, like we're hearing a lot of issues in some of these other states, Pennsylvania, other other kosh groups that they can go to. Like, what would your advice be to them and other states if they're working at a cultivation site? and they're having breathing issues at a big dispensary, what would you advise to them? So I would say the website for National Kosh is National Kosh, C-O-S-H. You can just Google that and, and get to that website. And that will list all of the Kosh groups and worker centers um, around the country. Um, there's a longstanding uh, Kosh group in Philadelphia uh, called Philipash, the Philadelphia Project on Occupational Safety and Health. Um, that's been a around, actually, I think maybe a little longer than Maskash. Um, and so they, they would be, if somebody is in that area or, or you know, um, Eastern Pennsylvania. Uh, but, but there are worker centers and Kosh groups in, in many areas and states. So going on the National Kosh, that's National Council, for occupational safety and health, um, the the kind of umbrella network that that pulls the Kosh groups and worker centers together, um, that can tell you if there's one in your area. If there isn't, um, the way these things get started are by workers and unions in an area deciding, you know, it would be good to have one of these uh, either Kosh groups or worker centers, and uh, National Kosh will help uh, form that. But in the meantime, they may be able to, you know, get information. Uh, and, and one of the people that has been, you know, that we've been working with here in Massachusetts is one of the executive directors of the National Kosh. So there's a lot of um, connections that can help. Awesome. And they could also, uh, you know, I know that uh, Brenda is starting to work with some other uh, workers out of state too. And like, so you can also you know, head up Maskosh too. I think uh, workers should all be working together. So that's another option as well. I, but NIOSH too, like yes, workers can bring in NIOSH into their dispensary, no matter if they're Massachusetts or California, wherever they are, they actually can do the same thing that Trueleaf is doing right now. Uh, have NIOSH do a health hazard evaluation of their site. Is that correct? That's correct. So it, again, it can be the employer, the management, or it can be a group of three workers, or it can be the union representing the workers in that location, that dispensary or cultivation site or manufacturing, where they can call in NIOSH and say, we need a health hazard evaluation because we have the following problems. And that will also help describe the scope. What are the things you really want these researchers to look at? You know, because in some places it'll be breathing problems. In others, it might be the, the high level of light that they use to make plants grow or the pesticides and cleaning products or the kind of awkward postures that workers have to use, especially in like cultivation and trimming. I mean, there's a range of issues. And if employers don't create the most safe conditions, people can suffer the consequences. NIOSH and NIOSH Health Hazard Evaluation can help evaluate those hazards and come up with recommendations for how to make work safer. And I want to say really quickly an important point. If there's not a union in a workplace and three or more workers get together and call in NIOSH, their names uh, can be kept confidential. Uh, and not disclosed to an employer and not able to be found out by an employer. It can be all done confidentially by calling NIOSH and the health hazard evaluation team. And we can, you know, if, if any worker gets in touch with MassCosh, we can help them, you know, uh, get ready for that. If they're going to do that when they call, um, giving, you know, or, or um, email or however they reach out to the NIOSH health hazard evaluation team, um, getting together uh, with what is it that we're most concerned about? Are people having symptoms? NIOSH will want to know. 
you know, there's a lot of people who seem to be having symptoms of asthma, or there's a lot of people who are hurt this way or that way, to really give information. Um, unfortunately, NIOSH doesn't uh, have the, the staffing to go out and do everything that they're asked to do. They will do priority kinds of things. And so if people are really concerned about um, you know, certain processes or people are starting to have symptoms, that would be really important information to, to give. And again, um, this can be done confidentially with uh, names never given to employers. Good to know. Just like OSHA reports, people, when they file those, those are confidential. Your employer doesn't find out, um, which a lot of cannabis workers have been finding that out and, and filing the OSHA reports, which I think are very good. Uh, if there's a problem, say something and you can do a confidential, you know, confidential. They'll, they'll never find out it was you. But, you know, another thing I think I'm glad that you brought up is that the owners, the ownership can also request it. And I, I, if I was an owner of one of these places, I think this is like a genius idea. Like I would want to know what the issues are at the workplace for workers and health and safety. It's like a liability issue and it's free. It's basically you have the feds doing work for you for free to find out what the issues are at your location and giving you results on like, you know, how do you fix this? You know, so I think that is actually smart business. If you're a business owner in cannabis right now and you're having, you know, some concerns about worker safety and, and you know, your workplace, because this is a new industry. There are a lot of issues that I think a lot of business owners didn't realize that they were going to be dealing with. And now that these issues are here, this is an easy way for them to find out what the issues are and it doesn't cost them anything. So, I mean, it makes sense. I mean, do, do you see business owners doing this, especially in the cannabis space? Do you think they would like, or am I kind of crazy to think that Nancy and Elise, you have more experience of this stuff. Well, we're certainly glad true leaf did. Um, I don't think there have been that many requests from employers in cannabis yet. There's certainly space to have more. And I, I would also be interested if people are listening, you know, what kinds of protection have they had in their workplaces? Were they given masks and what kind of masks? And if they were feeling sick, did they report it? Did anything happen as a result? Have they tried going to their own primary care provider? Did they recognize it might be work-related? You know, there are other ways that we can rely on expertise to help people find their voice. And then when they talk to each other, they can share what they've learned. And certainly, you know, even the Department of Public Health conducts surveillance about work-related breathing problems. And so that's another place. If someone thinks they have a work-related breathing problem, they can call up and say, I think my health problems are related to my work. And I think it's from a cannabis job I'm doing. And how do I find out more? And that's another way to get more information. Um, so I, I hope people are going to um, let us know what kinds of protections they have or don't have and what they'd like to see in their workplace. And I'd also like to hear more about if, if workers feel intimidated, um, are, are there issues there where employers are, are threatening or intimidating in a way that is uh, you know, really making workers fearful of speaking up? Um, that's, you know, that's a health and safety problem. It's a problem for them. It's stressful. It's a problem because you know, issues aren't gonna get dealt with uh, and it's something that I know Mascosh is very interested in helping uh, workers uh, address those kinds of problems as well. Hopefully we'll get some calls tonight. Um, maybe some of our Florida workers are, are listening too. 978-560-3155. If you do want to call in, usually what happens is like at an hour later, my phone starts ringing because <laughs> so many people listen like, like later it's like goes on the replay. So it's so funny, <laughs> but if you want to call, we just did open the phone lines up right now. 978-560-3155. That's usually how I get all the tips too. It's like people call in like an hour or two later, leave me a voicemail. Uh, dying for work is the report that Elise is uh, showing on the screen right now. 
it's very insightful too. Uh, I, you could check that out on the Maskosh website. I've got a couple print copies too, if anyone wants them. Uh, I there, it's very informative. Um, I had some other questions too, though. I'm trying to think. Um, well, maybe I didn't. Is there anything that you think we missed tonight that we should have talked about too? You know, when you talked about other places around the country, there are some states that are doing more than Massachusetts is. So, for example, in Washington state and in Colorado, you know, and in California, they've come up with some guidance for employers to learn more about health and safety and do a better job protecting their workers. So I think your, your question about what should happen in other states is really important. There are some models out there. And they're also finding as we, we spend, uh, you know, we kind of give some space for people to come forward with these problems, that there's a bunch of respiratory diseases that are starting to show up among cannabis workers. And there's even been a scientific article about that recently. So as NIOSH goes in, maybe they can learn more about what is it? You know, is it a specific process or one of the components of the plant? Or is it busking or trimming or cultivating? You know, and then you can really tailor protections to make the workplace safer. So um I hope people find some guidance and speaking up to each other and speaking up to, to NIOSH, to OSHA, if need be, to each other, especially to get um, work together to make things better. And bigger picture, like, are you optimistic? I, I feel more optimistic now that, you know, my mascot is on this and <laughs> just seeing some of the developments over the last year since Lorna you know, since we broke that story, um, like we have ideas of what we want. We're talking to uh, state senators. And when I, when I say we, I'm talking about the workers that we've been working with in Mascosh folks, um, you know, Cannabis Control Commission as well. I, I forgot to mention that too. Like I want to thank again, uh, Cannabis Control Commission uh, Chair Shannon O'Brien. Again, usually I talk about the last show. On, on, we, we, it's been a few weeks since we did our last episode. But she was awesome on the show. We're also obviously talking to her about it. We talked about it on the show that night. Um, so I like I'm hopeful. Are you hopeful that things are going to get better for workers in Massachusetts and, and nationwide in the cannabis space? I'm going to say this. There is no technical reason that cannabis workplaces like every other workplace can't be made uh, a lot safer than it is now. There is no technical reason. Um, there are, you know, all kinds of, uh, Elise was talking about engineering controls. There's all kinds of controls that have been put in place in other workplaces that might be just the right thing for a cannabis workplace. It's not, um, you know, there's certainly more research that can be done, but there's a lot we know now. It's just really building the movement to demand the protections and the justice that workers deserve. And, you know, there are employers that I think are, are listening and will work with their uh, um, workforce and their union uh, to, to, to do this. And there are unfortunately uh, employers that are more interested in, you know, their profits than putting money into real safety and health. And that's where, uh, worker voice and power will uh, be there to demand it. And then we also have to demand that the agencies uh, are going to um, <clears throat> be there when we need them if employers aren't doing the right thing. And so we have work to do making the agencies, uh, the government agencies as responsive as, as we need them to be. Um, and we have work to do making sure that workers feel that they can speak up without retaliation. And we have work to do really getting things to where they need to be. But it absolutely can be done. And awesome. I have to say, my optimism comes from standing on the shoulders of the people who got this started. You know, if you and others hadn't shared the story of Lorna's death, if you hadn't been organizing and doing these podcasts and coverage, if people from a variety of different places weren't coming together to talk about this, 
this still might be hidden. So my optimism comes from the work you've done and the work we're doing together now to make sure that this gets the attention it needs. Yeah, I, I have to say too, for myself, I, like I feel it from the community, like Danny Carson. If it wasn't for Danny, uh, if it wasn't for like, you know, tonight, obviously I, I'm, I'm saying this tonight when we're getting no calls and not much instant feedback, but I did notice there are a lot of people watching, but over the months, like just the amount of people that have reached out to us, like I, I know how important this is to workers and it, it's like our mission now. Like it's taken over the show. I didn't even know if the show was going to continue. And we kind of like, you know, over the months we were going away from cannabis and, and now it's just cannabis workers all the time on the show. It's like our mission. It's kept the show going. It's kept me going in this field. So uh, yeah, it's, it's that community. I know people care about this issue. So I want to thank you both tonight uh, for being here on a Friday night. It's so nice out tonight. The sun is out. It's, it's beautiful spring. Nancy Lesson and uh, Lise Pector from Mass Kosh for being here. Uh, Mass, let me say that again. MassKosh.org is the website. Uh, do you have any final thoughts that you want to leave? I, I think I said that earlier, but you know, anything else that we didn't cover tonight or that you wanted to talk about? Well, I'm certainly hopeful that we continue organizing. You know, and while we rely on the workers organizing within the workplace, it's also um, the allies. It's those of us outside working on this. I want to explore how the Cannabis Control Commission and how OSHA and how NIOSH and how the, the state expertise in Massachusetts and elsewhere can really work together to create the pressure for safer workplaces. And, you know, I think that's going to take a lot of discussion and collective work to figure out the best ways, because I think we're going to need a stick as well as the carrot. And I want to be part of working with others to make sure we come up with creative solutions. And, and I would say I want to thank the cannabis workers, those who are currently working, those who had to leave their jobs for various reasons, that they are the core um, they, they are the ground truth of what's going on. We are here to support their, them and their voices. And, uh, you know, we're, uh, we're here for the long haul. And um, everything that you've done, Mike, and, and all the, the workers in, in these jobs who are, uh, you know, suffering under conditions that they shouldn't be working under, I hope that uh, they too have some hope uh, that that things can be different because we've seen it before. We'll see it again, and and they're the leaders, and and we're so um, appreciative of of their leadership. Thank you so much for being here tonight. Uh, my name is Mike Crawford. This is the Young Jerks. Um, I want to thank Nancy and Elise, and all, you know everyone who's been supporting and listening and and covering this story. We've got a lot more coming up. A lot more whistleblowers expected on the show so i hope everyone if you haven't subscribed make sure you're subscribing on youtube facebook uh wherever you're listening or itunes i want to thank everyone uh we're the young jerks thank you so much nancy and elise we'll see everyone real soon again uh thanks for listening everyone mike crawford thanks, check it out. thank you <laughs> thank you nancy thank you elise